Hi, I'm Rob Villeneuve, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. Think of your internal culture and external brand as reflections of each other. A strong brand is based on a strong culture and vice versa. When you have a really strong culture, it reaches everyone who interacts with you, your team, and your product. Your customers will feel it. The nugget here, when the lines between culture and brand start to blur, you know you're on the right track because it likely means you've created a culture that's worth sharing. Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. Is your startup financially fit? Join 10,000 entrepreneurs across Canada building financial foundations with Intuit QuickBooks. Attend a Startup Foundations workshop online or in a startup community near you and receive a free one-year subscription to QuickBooks Online. Visit www.startupcan.ca forward slash finance today to register. You need to be available when a customer needs to reach you. Business depends on it. Rogers Unison provides the powerful features of a traditional desk phone in a simplified and truly mobile solution. No apps to download and launch. No mobile data usage charges for phone calls. No need to pay for unused landlines or desk phones. And the ability to route incoming calls to whoever's available. No more missed calls. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash unison. Get paid faster. Create and send professional email invoices in minutes with PayPal. Join over 250,000 Canadian businesses using PayPal to accept payments. Get started today at www.paypal.ca forward slash small business. A real entrepreneur with a gourmet burger business serving up real questions with a dash of reality. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. And now broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, Rivers Corbett. Welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across the country. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program don't forget to visit the itunes store to subscribe and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join startup canada to access training resources and a peer network to grow your success i am your host rivers corbett founder and ceo of coaching by rockstars ever thought about a career as a business coach coaching by rockstars teaches business coaches how to build a successful coaching business from scratch visit coachingbyrockstars.com for more information. Okay, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. And this is the second time that I have had the luxury, the privilege of talking to this great rock star. She's Mayan Ziv and she is 
is our guest today. Mayan is an activist, a photographer, and an entrepreneur. Living with muscular dystrophy, Mayan is a passionate and relentless advocate for creating a more accessible world. In 2015, she founded Access Now, which is a mobile app that maps the accessibility status of locations worldwide. She has been a regular media commentator on topics such as disability, diversity, and inclusion. And in 2016, Mayan received the City of Toronto Access Award, the Startup Canada National Resilient Entrepreneur of the Year, which she couldn't, unfortunately, stick around and receive. But the guy that made uh, that accepted the award for on her behalf did a great job. And she's also received the David C. Onley Leadership and Accessibility Award in recognition of her innovative solutions in commitment to improving the lives of people of all abilities. And today, Mayan will speak with us about what it takes to overcome adversity and start up your own successful business. Great to chat with you again. Mayan, welcome to our show. Thanks so much, Rivers. Well, and, and by the way, folks, when, when I say she couldn't stick around to receive her award, she made sure she stick around for the party that happened before the award. So <laughs> she's a party girl for sure. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was uh, happy that I could be there even for a short time. Yes. I actually had to jump on a train to Ottawa that evening and present. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I was glad that I could be there even for just a little while. That was wonderful. So tell us about yourself, you know, your, your journey and uh, the how and why you founded Access. Now, I mean, I, I've, I've heard the story and I was just captivated with you, with your spirit, with your entrepreneurship uh, entrepreneurial focus on it. And, and of course, just, you know, just a finding something that is so, so valuable to a very important market niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, uh, started looking at different opportunities in my own life, uh, finding different ways that I might build solutions that could help people. Um, And, you know, I I started my master's uh, in digital media at Ryerson in the September of 2014. Uh, And within the first week of classes, uh, you know, a lot of our profs had been speaking about these same kinds of things, you know, looking for problems, um, finding innovative solutions and opportunity. Uh, and the first week classes came to an end and all of our classmates, we thought we'd go out for a drink, celebrate the beginning of the year. Uh, and I was faced with this very similar problem that I've had again and again and again in my life. Uh, so, you know, I use a wheelchair to get around. I always have. Uh, and one of the questions I always have to ask is if a place is actually going to be accessible. Uh, so, you know, here we are, we want to go out for a drink and I can't figure out if the bar we're going to is actually going to be accessible, you know? So like imagine going somewhere, you show up at the entrance and there's three steps. Uh, and that's been my reality pretty much sure. my whole life. So I was just really frustrated, you know, and had had enough of dealing with the same types of situations. And I thought, well, there's got to be a better way. You know, there's apps for everything. You can find out, you know, Uh, If there's been any great reviews at a location, you can find out traffic information, hotel prices, you can find out, you know, recipes for your favorite desserts, you can find out anything you want. (laughs) Somehow you can't figure out if some place is going to be accessible. And so that was really what sparked uh, the journey that I've been on now um, for almost two years, 
where uh, I just needed to find a solution to this problem. Tell us about the second day after you came to this, uh, this, this lightning bolt said, that's it. I'm done with it. What did you do the next day to start your journey? So it's funny, you know, it's really rare that I've had a moment in my life where there's like this aha light bulb kind mm-hmm. of experience, kind of something that people talk about, but so rarely uh, happens. Uh, but I really did have that moment where I was like, oh my God, this is it. I've got to start working on this. So it actually started that night at the bar. I pretty much told anyone <laughs> that I could about this idea just to start like, talking about it and getting some response and just I was super excited so I kind of was on this high for a, a couple of weeks after that just so excited about uh, an opportunity a possibility for change uh, and honestly you know for the next couple months all I did was reach out to anyone that I possibly could to talk with them to get feedback to learn about how to build an app or how to build a business or you know, how to source talent or, you know, just anything that I needed or thought that I might learn from someone. Uh, I just kind of had to put myself out there and start asking questions. Yeah. You know, it's, I love that you did that because I see so many entrepreneurs, they dive into, well, in your case, an app, you know, this technical piece, I got to build it, I got to build it and I got to build it. And they never really engage the network, the team, mm-hmm. the clients and finding out, well, one, do you want it? And two, if you do want it, well, what, what's it got to look like? And so on. And so can you tell us a bit about, uh, about access now? You know, how's the, how's the app work and how is it intended to, to help, uh, help your clients? Sure. So basically what resulted out of, you know, thousands and thousands of discussions and, and user testing and feedback uh, and reiterations, eventually we came to initially actually launch Access Now as a website. Uh, we did that for the Parapanam Games, uh, which was the summer of 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically at that point, what we launched was a website where you could search for a specific place. You could search for a restaurant, a hotel, a store, a bar, an office, uh, a park, pretty much anything that you could find on a map uh, and determine whether or not that place had the accessibility features that you required. So uh, initially when we launched, we were definitely focused on uh, the built environment and providing people who faced mobility barriers in the world. Uh, so steps or lack of elevators, ramps, you know, so if you used a wheelchair or uh, a walker or a cane or just had challenges with uh, steps or navigating places, uh, that's really what Access Now was catering to at the time. Uh, so you could search for places and then you could also add your own. Uh, and so rather than, you know, just kind of sourcing our own content and putting it out to the world, we decided, you know, because there actually isn't that much information out there, why don't we build a platform that would allow people to actually share their own information about where they go in their in their lives or in their communities or when they travel? You know, really people who need access are the best experts on what accessibility is. So we built a crowdsourcing platform. Um, mm. And this past November, we then relaunched as a mobile app. 
So how do you prevent a guy like Rivers Corbett who wants to have a little little fun with his friend Mayan and say, well, actually, it's not the same? You know, how do you how do you have that quality assurance there that uh, that indeed your clients are getting what it is that they're supposed to be getting? Because if others are putting that data in, that you know that reference point in, do you, how do you check it out? That indeed it, it represents what your clients need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, often people assume that accessibility is only for people with disabilities. You know, they assume that uh, somebody who uses a wheelchair is the only person who's ever going to need access now. Uh, And, you know, over the last uh, year or so, we've really heard from a lot of different people who benefit from the information we're sharing. So we've heard feedback from parents with strollers or Mm. family and friends who are going out with people who need access Uh, You know, lately we've heard a lot from government uh, and different event planners. Uh, And so the idea is to actually build an inclusive community in which we can all kind of relate to what accessibility means. And so there certainly is a very large education and awareness building component to Access Now. But the idea is to really incentivize and invite people, anyone who wants to share information. Uh, And so what we've done is we've created a very broad uh, kind of checklist system in which basically you can go through uh, the Access Now app. And even if you've never, uh, you know, faced your own kind of challenges with accessibility, you can be prompted to share information. So does this place have accessible parking? Does this place have an automatic entrance at the door? Uh, Uh, And so once you kind of go through, does it have this, this, and this, you can start to kind of basically understand what are the kinds of things that we're looking for and be able to share that information as well. Yeah, love it. Love it. Love it. So simple and and uh, and and engaging with your clients, but also as you said, it's uh, it's not just about disability, it's about accessibility. Exactly. And, and I love that. Very very cool. Well, I, I know that you've uh, you've done speeches and uh, done speeches particularly on inclusion and disabilities. I I, I want to know what's the coolest place that you ever did a speech. Okay. Um, so I've, yeah, I've had a lot of really cool opportunities come up. You know, when we first built and launched Access Now, it was really about action. It was really about instead of creating an awareness campaign, which we've seen time and time again, that really, you know, is nice, but doesn't actually lead to impact or change. Why don't we flip the model? Why don't we say, let's create something that is based on action and through action generate awareness by actually sharing information, posting it on social media, by actually engaging with business owners that are and are not accessible and creating this buzz around what we what we are doing, there are these ripples that kind of happen. Uh, so there is a, a big part of it that is kind of the education and awareness about what accessibility is and why it's important. And my job uh, at Access Now, one of the most... Uh, busy kind of active parts of of my job is to do a lot of presentations uh, on different kinds of stages everywhere. So, you know, I've done uh, conversations in the tech community, had a great opportunity to present thoughts on accessibility and inclusion at TechTO in Toronto, uh, which was huge and amazing. And it was like 800 plus people from the tech community coming out, sharing their own experiences. So that was a really cool highlight. And there's actually a video of my presentation on YouTube, if you want to check it out. Yeah, sure. How do we find uh, it? <laughs> so I think if you just search like Mayan Ziv or 
or Access Now, like there's a couple links that show up and, and TechTO is for sure one of them. Yeah, now she, she spells her name, by the way. I love her, her name spelling. I'm a unique name guy. And uh, my aunt spells her name M-A-A-Y-A-N. Mm-hmm. And it's Ziv, Z-I-V. If you're in the United States listening, it's Z-I-V down there. So so um, I know that uh, when you're when – you're communicating, conversing with people again, because I've had the luxury to have a conversation with you, uh, face to face, uh, you're very engaging and, uh, very charming in your, in your approach. So I think people naturally gravitate to you because of that <laughs> charisma. And I mean, that sincerely, well, it was you, very, right? <laughs> very special. So the other part of the equation, besides me, who was one of your uh, most special people that you've had a chance to, to meet and talk to, uh, yeah. during your journey? so far okay so that's a tough one because honestly like I've been able to connect with so many people of so many different places and that's been really cool in itself that the spectrum and and the 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 colorful nature of of what Mm. uh you know the tech industry does where you can connect with business owners and you can connect with investors and other startup founders and you can connect with community like that in itself, I think, is is kind of one of the most rewarding parts of of working within startup nation uh, yes. uh, in Canada. Uh, and so, I think um, for me, you know, like in terms of highlights, uh, uh, a month or two ago, I had the opportunity to meet Justin Trudeau, nice, uh, which was pretty cool. Yeah, of course. Um, and he was uh, actually talking about uh, some accessibility legislation that is coming out in Canada. So I've had a, a chance to be working uh, with the government of Canada in consultations on what that is going to look like. So I've had some really cool opportunities lately to kind of cross paths with um, with government, uh, which was definitely not something that I thought would happen. Uh, <laughs> definitely not this early on, uh, but it's been really, really, really exciting. Oh, that's so cool. Well, I, I must say, one of the uh, I I like you have had to meet some I had the opportunity to meet some cool people, and government wise is that you just never know where people go. I met Kevin O'Leary one time, spent an hour with him at a table with about four or five other people, and you know I take people as I see them and find them, and that guy was just very, very uh, just a kind individual, very interesting and very engaging, and and so you okay. know when you meet these people, these government types face to face, they're pretty cool people, no doubt about it. So it's awesome that you've had that uh, that experience. You mentioned uh, through this conversation so far, Mayan, about us um, and we and so on. Tell us about your team. Yeah, so I've had a really interesting opportunity to connect with uh, both members from the community who I consider very much part of the work that we do at Access Now. Because we're crowdsource-based, uh, a lot of uh, the contributions come directly from people in the community. So I work a lot with different nonprofits uh, and different disability-related organizations who have contributed a lot, and they kind of act as partners in the work that we do. But I've also had uh, an opportunity to connect with a, a company in Toronto here called Razorfish, uh, which uh, jumped on board as our mobile development partner. Oh, cool. uh, and together, we've been able to build and launch Access Now Mobile uh, as well as Nick, who you met, I think, briefly at the Startup Canada Awards. Yeah, he, t- he, he, he came up and, uh, and grabbed the reward on your behalf, right? Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah, yeah, he did a great speech. Mm-hmm. 
Very cool. So, um, and, and how do you define, how do you set up who does what on the team? Um, so, you know, we, we, we do kind of, there is overlap when it comes to some of the work that we do, but we've also kind of each have our really, um, individual strengths. So, you know, for, for me, communications, branding, marketing, that's kind of stuff that I love to do and stuff that right. I've, I've, I've studied and, and kind of developed a strength in that area. Whereas Nick is really, really great with operations and product design and UX and UI. So he works really closely with uh, Razorfish kind of on the ins and outs of, of actual product updates uh, and, and building. Uh, and I do a lot of the community work. You guys uh, ever have a lot of arguments? <laughs> um, so, you know, I think in, in every team there are, there are challenges and there, there are days where, you know, we might not agree on things. But I think something that's been really important for us is to be able to have uh, a very transparent nature in how we communicate. Uh, so before Nick joined the team uh, in the summer, we talked a lot uh, before even talking about what we might look like as a team together. We mm -hmm. just talked about things like our values and what we care about. And, nice. you know, it, it, when it comes down to if we need to make a decision, what's the most important thing that we would want out of the outcome? And based on those kinds of ground setting, uh, you know, pieces of our relationship, it's really helped us when we've come across challenges because we know in the end of the day, uh, we both kind of are aligned in, in our values and our, our morals. Yeah, I think that's a really important lesson you just conveyed there. For people sometimes lean into what's your technical talent versus who you are as an individual and uh, your values and principles. So I, I appreciate that that point. Yeah. Can you talk and a I'll bit? I'll say, you know, Rivers, I'll, I'll say like it, it hasn't been easy, you know. So when I launched Access Now initially, uh, I was a sole founder. Uh, right. And definitely went through what I'd consider some of the startup dating life, uh, where, you know, I, 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 love looked it. For, <laughs> I looked for people who I thought might be complimentary or could help build the, the, the startup or, you know, came from backgrounds or had skill sets. And, you know, I learned kind of by doing, which I always have, is that you can't build a team based on you know, it's, it's not like you go to a buffet and you start adding, you know, oh, my, <laughs> I want a little spice and I want, it really has to be, come down to, uh, relationship and right. honesty and, tr and trust. Uh, so, you know, you can't just go out and look for, oh, well, I'm not technical. So let's find a technical person. Right. So you've right. got to lay it on many more layers than something like that. Yeah, you know, it's the it's the basics of uh, of human relationships, isn't it? For some reason, we we understand that from a personal perspective. When, but when it comes to professional, particularly uh, at the startup level, we just uh, we, we we tend to not want to address it in that regard because we're a lot of times we're just ready to get started. You know, exactly. let's go for the ride. And uh, yeah. I, there was a guy that uh, I've recently started a company with, and and I, he says, "Yeah, I gave this guy uh, thirty percent of the company," and before. And for even starting this, why'd you do that? I don't know. He was at the bar, you know, and it's just <laughs> this crazy kind of responses to it. So I love that you've uh, that you've instilled that sense of uh, deeper discovery. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time where we need to take a very quick break. But we will be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints 
from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, seven days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Scotiabank understands what's involved when businesses first open their doors and the support that's needed to keep them open. They are helping customers respond to the speed of business, making it easier for entrepreneurs to open their accounts and apply for business loans online in minutes. To learn more, visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business. Thank you to our sponsors, and we are back. Um, talk about uh, talk about you personally overcoming obstacles, and uh, you know what what major lessons have you learned from from your own uh, personal setbacks? Yeah, um, so there's kind of two ways that I could answer that question. So you know, like for me, uh, in my personal life, growing up, I've always had a disability, and and I often had to face challenges that you know, like a regular. Uh, maybe 10 year old who doesn't have a disability might not have to experience, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so those uh, times where I faced adversity or experienced barriers or challenges, um, you know, I think naturally, we have this uh, tendency to look at adversity, say that it's a bad thing, run away mm. from it, put it under the rug, never talk about it and, and avoid it at all costs. Uh, and you know, I, I, I've really looked at kind of my own experiences and realized that actually adversity is a really, uh, it's a really, it's a great asset because yeah. what it does is it, it, it challenges you to work through problems. And if successful, you actually become smarter, more agile, more creative. And so in many ways, you know, I think the fact that I have a disability has really contributed to uh, my sense of entrepreneurship because I've had to build solutions uh, throughout my life that people couldn't define for me. Uh, so it's been it's been a good thing, actually. Yeah, I look, and now everybody's now understanding why I said all the nice accolades to you at the beginning <laughs> of this conversation. You can see, folks, now as to how and this is what she's like in real life too. By the way, not uh, <laughs> not not necessarily just behind a microphone. She's uh, really genuine in that regard. I, I got to ask you this question. And, and by the way, I I've suffered from depression and have had to uh, continue to uh, look out, you know, deal with it at uh, my own personal level. And just like you, I consider it to. Be be one of my greatest assets that uh, that I've ever had to go through and, and continue to go through because it, it teaches me about adversity and and uh, respect for me as an individual and so on. So uh, so applause to you in that regard. But I, I've got to ask you this question: Does the word is, is the word disability wrong these days? Is the is it is it is there a different way to kind of embrace that dialogue that's uh, that's more inclusive rather than exclusive? If 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 that makes sense, is it? You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, it's a good question, uh, and you know I think depending on who you speak to, you might get a different answer. Uh, for me, I don't consider disability to be, uh, uh, you know, any kind of wrong word. Mm. Um, other people might say differently abled or, uh, I don't know, there's all kinds of different terms that people use to identify themselves. Uh, you know, I don't find that I have a challenge with the word disability. It's more so about the 
the connotations uh, and assumptions that people bring along with that. Yeah, word. Right, right, uh, right, right. So, you know, I think there's a there's a certain level of fear that people kind of just naturally have when they don't know about mm-hmm. something or it might be different than what they're used to. Uh, and so, as you can tell, uh, a lot of the work that I've been doing definitely in communications is it's to kind of help break down those those stereotypes. Um, And even something as simple as creating an app that lets people get out there and do what they want. You know, we we did a a story for Vice um, a couple months ago, and really that was the angle. It was to talk Mm. about like, we just want to go out and do things. And it's Mm. no different than anybody else. And so whether or not we have a disability or not, you know, we're still interested in going out, doing things, living our lives. Uh, and, And so that's really, for me, you know, you can have a disability and you can still live a full life. And I think that sometimes people think, well, the word disability in itself must mean that you you are disadvantaged or you have yes. less. Yeah. Uh, that's just not true. Well, thank you for letting me explore that with you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. No, it's important. Sure. because Yeah, it's important. So I, when you were going out for drinks uh, before Access Now was started and you were getting getting frustrated, pissed off because uh, you couldn't get the answers you wanted to and all that sort of thing. Uh, at uh, Before that point, did you ever thought you were going to be a, uh, an entrepreneur as part of your career? Mm, so no, <laughs> I, um, it's interesting. So before I launched access now, before I even entered my master's program, I was working as a photographer in the fashion industry in Toronto, uh, okay. and had built up my own business, you know, had, uh, had sourced clients and worked with talent and had some really amazing opportunities to, to work with celebrities and fashion models and like started building this career uh, and then got sucked into this new kind of trajectory. Uh, and so, you know, I, in kind of living my life, I think that I've always considered myself as an entrepreneur, not because I've built a business or because I run, uh, you know, any kind of startup, but just in the way that I've done things. Um, right. But I think, you know, in terms of now saying, hi, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I'm the founder of, uh, it's kind of an accidental thing yes. that happened where I, I, was devoted to solving a problem and by doing that you know created an opportunity that established me as the founder of a business uh and so yes i've considered myself an entrepreneur but now i'll put the capital e on it and call it. <laughs> i love it <laughs> beautiful well if you were going to give a word of advice to uh, young aspiring entrepreneurs who are in similar situations like you and uh, whether that's pissed off because something wasn't uh, happening or having to do with uh, your challenges in life disabilities uh, uh whatever uh what's uh, what's the one thing that you would tell them for people that were in a similar situation like you yeah so i think there's there's two pieces the first is that i think the hardest part is starting i think you know for me i'm not a technical founder when i wanted to build access now i didn't know how to go about it and i think the first thing that held me back was just i didn't take that first step i didn't take initially you know i needed to really push myself and say you know what i'm going to speak to this person they have tremendous amounts of power and influence and they know a lot more than I do. Uh, and it was scary. And, and, you know, a lot of cold calling, which was initially very, uh, intimidating. Uh, mm. but you know, I kind of just said, well, it, you know, I've got to do it. You know, it, it's too bad. My aunt's suck it up, you know, like I've got to get out there and <laughs> yep. get this done. So, you know, taking that first step and, and t- sometimes, you know, pushing yourself a little further than you're comfortable with is I think important. But then I think along the journey, something that I've really been looking at with myself is, um, 
this notion, you know, that that entrepreneurship or that working in startups looks a certain way or behaves a certain way, you know, we have these these models or these uh, these images that you know often in media, you know, we're told what does it look like to be a startup founder, mm. you know, how quickly should you be growing and scaling, you know, when are you bringing on investors, and there's, there's you know, you start to bring on this. Uh, this kind of tension and the stress that comes along with performance. And so I'm naturally very competitive and I would consider myself to be uh, probably my, my strongest critic, but I'm working right now on kind of getting to the point where I'm comfortable being in a competitive environment, but not comparing myself to others, mm. which is really, really tough. Uh, and some days I'm successful at it and some days I'm not where mm. I look at, you know, founder next to me and go, wow, they're way better than me and they're moving way faster. And uh oh, like that's it. I'm out of the race. Um, and other days where I go, wow, you know, like I just had a sit down conversation with like all these deputy ministers. Wow. Like, you know, I might not be doing what they're doing, but I'm doing my own thing and it's, and it has an impact and it's creating a change. And so being competitive, but not comparing yourself, I think is an important part. Yeah, well, and I, you know, I've I've heard that before in a, in a little bit different way is, be, and it goes along the lines of you don't actually know the journey that that other person has taken to necessarily get to where they have, and so mm -hmm. to do that apples to apples to comparison is totally unfair when you don't know their journey, right. and so uh, yeah, I I love that uh, that piece. I mean, ultimately, it's a journey; it's not a and destination. I think we often forget that you know there's you know the we're gonna yeah, we're gonna exit yeah. we're gonna be acquired or there's an aqua hire on our way and we're almost there and just a little bit further and we forget sometimes <laughs> you know a to celebrate the moments of success that happen along the way and i'm very guilty of that um but to just actually witness <laughs> you know the journey that entrepreneurship brings you along is Actually, I would say the most rewarding yes. part. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, talking about the app and where are you going next anyway, my Anne? What's going to happen tomorrow? And when are you going to exit? Seriously, <laughs> what's the plan on expanding? Uh, and I'm not going to put a timeline to it. And, you know, what are, are there any other innovations that you might be able to let us into the brain trust of what you're, uh, what you're doing to aid in the accessibility of our communities? Mm -hmm. So right now, it really is about connecting with as many people uh, across Canada uh, and throughout the world to uh, share information about accessibility, to contribute to the app. You know, here in Toronto, Access Now is pretty much fully mapped out. And if you live with a disability, for example, in Toronto, you can pretty much find anything you want and and have a tool that really empowers you mm -hmm. to do that. So we want to be able to scale that model throughout uh, really focused on Canada and throughout the country. Sure. Um, and then also, you know, connecting with cities, uh, bringing this into, into the forefront of the way that municipalities actually uh, put their accessibility strategies out into the public. Uh, we have just witnessed really slow timelines and a lack of innovation when it comes to accessibility and uh, for us at Access Now, you know, it's really about finding new creative ways to create access uh, that don't take three million years, mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, which is kind of a, a pattern that we've mm. seen for 
really long well, time. You're, you're, you're showing people how, how much it is possible. And uh, I think scaling will, you'll find will be quite easy once now you've got the foundation of access now in place. How do, how do people find out about access now? What's your URL? So you can check out Access Now online, which is accessnow.ca, or you could just search us on the App Store, Access Now. Uh, yeah, or honestly, through social media, which is, uh, we're pretty much active on all the channels. So I bet you are. All right, you got one final <laughs> observation, comment, issue, whatever you want to talk about with uh, our audience from coast to coast. We're all leaning in now, wondering uh, what's what's the last piece of uh, advice there. Uh, like say anything you want to reference as a as a lead behind for our audience today. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you put me in kind of you gave me the last the hardest question at the end. <laughs> uh, so I would say two things. Uh, I would say that here in Canada, I think we have tremendous opportunity to establish ourselves as a leader in this space. You know, I think that often people compare us to the states, and especially right now, mm. uh, looking at the importance of diversity, the importance of inclusion. You know, we have an opportunity to actually kind of come in with a more graceful approach to finding ways to to innovating and changing the world, which is no small mission, but I think possible. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, you know, also I'll just say thanks to Startup Canada for uh, supporting, you know, young people mm-hmm. who have ideas who, you know, might not be, you know, Bill Gates yet, but are on the way. <laughs> mm. uh, and and for really <laughs> highlighting the the strength and importance of Canadian entrepreneurship. Do you like to read books? Do I like to read books? Yeah. Yep. What's your favorite book? Okay. So there's this book and it's really focused on mindfulness and meditation. Uh, it's called Wherever You Go, There You Are. It's by John Kabat-Zinn. Uh, and I really love it because it, and it's something that I've read several times and often have to actually go back and reread to remind myself yes. on how to stay present when you are building the future. Oh my uh, gosh. It's it's not a book that's focused on, you know, tech startups, for example, but so much of what is in this book applies to how you can kind of stay sane and stay centered uh, and really helps me kind of build in the tools that I, I try to apply to my life whenever things get too, too overwhelming. Uh, so I definitely invite you to check it out. And what's it called again? It's called Wherever You Go, There You Are. Wherever you go, there you are. And my great friend, I'm going to recommend a book to you. It's uh, I've been recommending it a few times in, in recording this uh, this season of the Startup Canada podcast. It's called The Surrender Experiment. And it has many of the fundamentals that you just talked about. And I think uh, meditation, you are where you are, letting go of the personal. It's all about the bigger picture, universe, and all those things. And I'm just, uh, I'm near finished reading it now. And it's making a huge impact on my life in the exact area that you're just talking about. So it's called called the surrender experiment. I think you'll really enjoy reading it. Well, Mayanziv, you have continued to bring magic to the world. And uh, I'm honored to be your friend and your entrepreneur colleague. And I can't thank you enough for being on the Startup Canada National Podcast Show today. And I wish you the continued uh, best of luck and look forward to the next time when we can uh, have another face-to-face chat. Thanks so much for your time. 
Thanks so much, River. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to more awesome entrepreneur content? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats and hashtag startup school, which you can catch every Monday, Wednesday, and and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Michael Cayley, founder and CEO of Seedling Capital Services, Inc., and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast. It's the one thing, that golden nugget, that was going to pretty well ensure they'll be successful if they follow it. It's hard. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it's, or you mean it's the hard. question's hard? <laughs> no, no, it, no. The question's dead simple. Like it, it's hard. The biggest learning is, is that you know anything worthwhile is hard to do. Mm. I get it. You know, it's hard. It's hard to get up in the morning and get on a plane at six o'clock, right? It, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to you know stay up late and and be writing emails at one o'clock in the morning. It's hard to. Uh, you know, I, when, you know, I did this program out, out, out west before heading out to China and one of the things in terms of cultural uh, awareness that they, that they taught us was this tolerance for ambiguity. Mm. And, uh, and really, if you're going to embark <laughs> upon a startup journey, that's, that's a core uh, a skill that you've got to bring to the table. And you have to really, uh, you know, what's the alternative? Like the alternative today uh, is you know, you know that like we're trying to teach our kids uh, how to 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 be prepared for jobs that don't exist, right? Uh, we're you know we're trying. If you take a technical degree today, right, and it's a three-year degree, I mean the amount of technical information has expanded by twice by the time you're in your the end of your second year. <laughs> right on. So yep. you know so so it's hard. I get it. You know, you need to have a, a, a an idea that adds value to other people. That's the second thing. You really have to have something, and and you got to be focused on on creating value for other people. And it's that passion and that and that idea that's going to get you through the hardness, right? It's going to get you through, get you up in the morning. It's going to get you through every all the grind, you know, of of uh, uh, and the uncertainness of of doing your startup. So. I guess that's it. I mean, that's my biggest that's, learning. It's no, not that's easy. That's a good it. That's a good it. And I, it's it's real, it's raw, and it's honest and uh, brilliantly said. Um, and with all your successes, I think, I, I again, I love the the rawness of it because people many times think, oh, it's, it's all easy and uh, you snap your fingers and away you go, but it's just the opposite. But it can be a lot of fun along the way also, and I think that's the good mixture in there for sure. 